Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday podcast of the Howard Podcast. This will be episode two, recorded on September 8, 2019. And before we delve into today's topics, I would like to give a huge shout out to today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, and Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, but you can use right from your phone or computer, which I'm using right now. The creation tools that it gives you allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great and they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, including Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make a podcast with no minimum listenership at all. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today, right after you're done listening to this podcast. So for today's topics, I would like to delve into the first topic. First topic, the gang war that is, that is happening in the United States of America. Fox News reported today that six suspects in brutal stabbing of Maryland man are MS-13 members in U.S. illegally, ICE says. And we have six gang members here that are on .com. It says right here, six of the seven people charged in the stabbing death of a man in Maryland in July have been identified by federal officials as being part of the MS-13 gang in, in the country illegally, according to the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. The Baltimore County Police Department announced Tuesday that seven suspects, including a 16-year-old charged as an adult, were charged with killing 21-year-old Daniel Alejandro Alvardo Cular. Cular's body was discovered July 13th and July 31st, my bad, in the grass outside an apartment building in the Townsend area that had multiple sharp force in- injuries, officials said in a news release. Police said that Kular was the intended victim of a planned gang-related murder, but said a motive for the slaying remained under investigation. The seven suspects were all charged with first-degree murder, according to the police. And picture here we have Jonathan Escobar Hernandez, Marlon, Leonardo, Fabian Flores, Edwin Eduardo Garcia Martir, Hugo Portillo, Chavez, Jose Fausto, Rivera Cortez, Odilas Rosas Yant, and Leonel Alexander Vasquez Hernandez. An ICE spokeswoman told Fox News on Sunday that the agency had issued six immigration detainers and the federal agency said that the detainers were lodged once the individuals entered local law enforcement custody on murder charges. <clears throat> so, after reading this article, I have... I'm disgusted. I am disgusted by this. The fact that we have MS-13 gang members in the United States... Like the president said, one of the key reasons why we need a wall is disgusting. This is truly disgusting. We need better enforcement on the border. This is the reason why we need the wall. Not only that, but we also have human trafficking going across the border. It says right here, MS-13 has as many as 10,000 members in the United States and is active in at least 40 states since FY 2017. 900 plus MS-13 members have been apprehended at the southwest border, 
We've seen a rise in gang activity here this spring. There have been a few homicides in the region as you've seen, said Jay Lanham, director of the North Northern Virginia Gang Task Force, told Fox 5 in June. Last year, we saw the gangs, especially MS-13, laying low. We arrested a lot of the program and clique members, so their leadership was lacking. Lanham said at the time that the 18th Street Gang is MS-13's top rival. This is so disgusting. The fact that we do not have a wall yet to combat this is just absolutely mind-blowing to me. The notorious MS-13 gang has been singled out by President Trump for its brutality, which has led to a series of crackdowns by law enforcement on the federal and local levels. President Trump has stated numerous times that these people, MS-13, are the key reason, are one of the key reasons that we need a wall, among many other things. So the fact that many people do not want a wall after this is <laughs> this has been reported many times including all the other murders committed by MS-13 in different states, including Arizona, Texas, New Mexico, among other states. This is truly mind-blowing to me. President Trump, build the wall. Okay. So, for the second topic today, we'll be talking about Kanye West versus Lana Del Rey. Metro UK reported to two days ago, Lana Del Rey calls out Kanye West's reckless support for President Donald Trump. Kanye West raised many eyebrows when he announced his support for President Donald Trump, even visiting the White House in a Make America Great Again hat. And among those celebrity friends annoyed at Yeezy's Trump endorsement is Lana Del Rey. The songstress, who performed at Kanye and Kim Kardashian's wedding in 2014, is not a fan of the rapper's political leanings and called his endorsement of President of the United States reckless. Speaking to NME, Lena, who has just released a new album, Norman Effing Rockwell, said his commentary felt so bold and reckless and self-insured, and it was talking about somebody, the president, who has endangered a lot of hatred within the culture. I feel that there is a carelessness there to not see that there has been an increase in meanness spread around by certain supporters. And speaking about the president, the 34-year-old said, People were pissed before it when I didn't say anything. We didn't have Trump as president before. There was less to say. So, as you can see here, Lana Del Rey is very, very angry. Or she's... She's angry with Kanye West for his support of the president of the United States, Donald Trump. Which is understandable. Not many people in the United States do like him, which is mind-blowing to me. But the fact that she calls him reckless for supporting him is just, it's just childish. It is childish. This is the United States of America. We have freedom of speech. If you do not like the United States, then you can leave. And the fact that she's calling out her friend reckless who she, who she is friends with and performed at his wedding in 2014 with Kim Kardashian is hypocrisy. It's, it's, hypocr it's hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. At its best. Lana Del Rey, you need to fix this. Learn to behave like an adult and cherish other people's opinions. I don't care what you think. 
it's just disgusting. So for the ter- third topic today, I'll be talking about New York Times reported, Taliban talks hit talks hit a wall over deeper disagreements, officials say, by two hours ago by Mujib Mashal of the New York Times. Even as President Trump blamed a recent Taliban attack for his decision to call off nearly year-long negotiations with his insurgents, officials suggested on Sunday it had more to do with the Taliban's resistance to the American terms for a peace deal and rushed plan for a Camp David summit meeting. Talks that once seemed on the verge of a breakthrough had hit a wall over how the deal should be finalized and announced, they said, with the president himself showing more engagement in the talks in recent weeks. After a boiling criticism of a deal that was finalized in principle, the Trump administration has set in motion a daring gambit. Fly the insurgents' leaders and the Afghan leader, Ashraf Ghani, to American soil. At Camp David, the traditional retreat of many presidents, separate meetings with each side, would then lead to a grand announcement by President Trump. According to Afghan, Western, and Taliban officials with knowledge of the peace talks, the Americans were also rushing to finalize outstanding issues, including disagreements over prisoner release before the meeting on Sunday. Taliban leaders, however, having really refused to negotiate directly with the Afghan government until after the group had an agreement with the United States, had compared the proposal to the Americans tricking them into political suicide. So... If you don't know what Camp David is, Camp David is a retreat that all presidents have the luxury of attending. Camp David is very famous for um, President Jimmy Carter in the 1970s, where he negotiated for a long time with Israel and Palestine, if I'm not mistaken. And they even came to a peace agreement. And... Carter even won a Nobel Peace Prize for this. But if you haven't noticed, that peace talk did not last very long, as Israel and Palestine are very, very, very much enemies. Oh, my mistake. It is not Palestine, it is Egypt. So, President Trump has been negotiating with Taliban leaders over the past several months and even a year to stop the attacks in hostile. Obviously, we did not, we were not able to stop it. But I support President Trump in this. Says right here, we promised there would be an intra-Afghan talks once we finalize our agreements with the Americans. A senior Taliban leader said, if Trump and his administration think they would solve the confrontation between the government and the Taliban somewhere in Washington in a meeting, that's not possible because we do not recognize the Stooge government. So now, they call us Stooge. Highly disrespectful. Very, very disrespectful, but what can you say? cares. President Trump on Saturday blamed a recent Taliban attack for calling off a nearly a year of negotiations. <clears throat> Mr. Siddiqui for Mr. Ghani in Qatar says the Taliban's honeymoon in Qatar 
needs to be ended, Mr. Siddiqui said. In recent weeks, it has been increasingly clear that the United States and the Taliban, after nine runs of painstaking negotiations over nearly a year, had ironed out most of the issues between them. The chief American envoy, Zalme Khalazad, declared that the agreement document had been finalized in principle. So, <clears throat> we have not been able to find peace talks with the Taliban, which is very disheartening. Hopefully, we can be able to fix that very soon. I pray for President Trump and all the other people that are trying to end this hostility. So, in other news, BBC reported four hours ago, Norway dogs die in mysterious illness. <clears throat> so as you hear, a mystery illness has killed a number of dogs in Norway over the past few days, officials say. The Norwegian Food Safety Authority said up to 40 dogs had fallen ill with vomiting and diarrhea, and several later died. The first cases were in the capital Oslo, and others have been reported in at least 13 other towns. The Veterinary Institute said that it was unclear if two suspect bacteria types found in autopsies were the cause. The Norwegian national broadcaster NRK reports that a number of 25 dogs have died from the condition. However, this has not been confirmed by the Norwegian Food Safety Authority. A dog in neighboring Sweden has also been admitted to a veterinary hospital after appearing at the show in the Norwegian city of Trondheim, according to a Swedish newspaper GT. The Norwegian Veterinary Institute said that its pathologist found that three dogs showed signs of a bloody gut and that has been ruled out common causes like salmonella and rat poison. The Food Safety Authority's spokesman, Ole Herman Trondal, said NRK, told NRK that the illness seemed very serious for a dog, but we do not know yet whether this is a contagious or just a series of individual cases. The agency has advised dog owners to keep animals on a lead in order to avoid contact with other canines. So to my friends in Norway, keep your dogs healthy. And I pray that this ends soon and that all of your little friends are okay. So, in other news, Norway issues right-wing terror warning for year ahead by The Guardian. Heightened assessment based on extremists expressing backing for recent attacks. Norway's domestic, domestic Security Agency has warned about the possibility of a terror attack from right-wing extremists in the coming year. In a statement, the PST said its heightened assessment stemmed from the fact that several Norwegian right-wing extremists had recently expressed support for the perpetrators behind attacks in New Zealand, the U.S., and the failed attack in the Norwegian capital, Oslo, last month. And on the 10th of August, Philip Monhaus allegedly stormed on an Oslo mosque with guns before being overpowered. Several shots were fired and one person was slightly injured, but the suspect was held down by others in the mosque, and the suspect has been linked to the death of his stepsister. The attack is believed to have been inspired by similar incidents this year in New Zealand and the U.S. In Christchurch, 51 people were killed in a mass shooting at two mosques on the 15th of March, while El Paso, Texas, a gunman left at least 22 dead on the 3rd of August. The PST agency said meeting places for Muslims and non-Western immigrants political parties or persons, Jews, and LGBT communities were symbolic. 
The service updated its assessment hours after it said a Norwegian citizen in his 20s had been arrested for terrorist association on Thursday afternoon. It was not known whether that case was linked to the heightened assessment. After last month's failed attack, the PST said it had received a vague tip a year ago about Monhaus, but it was not able to act because nothing concrete was revealed. The agency's boss, Hans Fier Schovald, said at the time there was no reason to change the overall threat assessment for Norway. So, Norway has been issuing warnings for right-wing terror attacks. And I hope that they can fix their issues. Norway is an amazing country. I have many friends that live there. And I actually plan to live there when I'm older. So, I pray to them they can fix this. God bless. So, news from here in the United States, including here in Kentucky. The police are investigating after a young girl injured in North Lexington shooting. Lexington police were responding to a scene after a report that guns were fired in Lexington. The call came in just before 12.30 p.m. on Saturday along Maple Drive near the intersection of Prince's Arc Lane. When it says to officers between 3 and 4 Three and seven shots were fired as a father and his daughter were trying to get into their car. The assailants reportedly missed, but the man's 11-year-old daughter was injured from flying glass. Police don't believe it was a random shooting, and the officers are looking for three suspects in a blue or bluish-green older Toyota passenger car. So, Lexington has always had a very, very high violence problem, including shootings, including... In fact, every day that whenever I watch the news, there's always a shooting on the news on LAX 18. So, we need to fix that very soon. Because Lexington is a very beautiful area, but recent events like that make it very scary to go up there. In lighter news, the University of Kentucky's women's basketball coach, Matthew McMitchell, was one of 400 participants in Sunday morning's Susan Bradley Cox Try for Sight Triathlon. Triathlon path kicked off at Spindle on Ironworks Pike. Participants swam 400 meters by 12.6 miles and finished with a three mile run. The race benefits the University of Kentucky's Eye Research Fund. Dr. Sheila Sanders Ferguson says, We really thought that there needed to be a triathlon in Lexington because I'm an ophthalmologist. I obviously wanted to make it for eye research. I really saw a need for us to do that. Susan has been in the mentor for so many of us who swim, bike, and run, and she has just been the whole catalyst for this community, so we want to do this race in her honor. This race is the third race in the McDonald's Central Triathlon Race Series. In more lighter news, UK professor finds biological father years after adoption. A University of Kentucky associate professor of law spent the summer getting to know his biological father before being adopted as a toddler. Ryan Fry said that he knew from a young age he was adopted and his adoptive family was always honest about it. I didn't look so much like my adoptive parents because I was so much smaller and had different features, so it was kind of obvious that I was adopted, Fry said. Like other adopted children, he started becoming curious about his roots from a young age, but never felt the need to pursue information. He told WKYT, it was when he began 
began studying law that he began to understand the laws of adoption in California. All adoptions were closed during that year he was born, keep the mother and child's name from being public. Fry continued on as normal until noticed an ad from 23andMe, a genetics and biotechnology company. I was sort of interested just to know what my ethnic background would be, or if I would have some sort of terrible interest that I didn't know about. Fry ended up with more than the test than he expected. An uncle and a cousin showed up as genetic relatives. He reached out to them and through family members was able to meet his biological father. Frost says he was about to turn 70 and had been suffering from stage 4 mouth cancer when he just barely survived and he's still quite ill. And in addition, he had no idea that he ever had a child. The two spent time getting to know each other, finding similarities like a shared life and a love of creativity. Fry told WKYT that he is grateful things have turned out the way they have and advises others in similar situations to consider if making a move like this is best for them and their family before moving forward. So, in other news, sports. Last night, during the Kentucky football game against Eastern Michigan, Terry Wilson was carted off the field with a left knee injury. Kentucky starting quarterback Wilson has been carted off the field following a left knee injury against Eastern. This is what Mark Stoops said about post-game. Here's what he said at post-game about Wilson's injury. I think you all know that it doesn't look good, said Stoops. Anybody that gets carted off on the field like that and they put his knee in, in that deal doesn't look good, right? Just wait until I get the MRI tomorrow. Former Troy quarterback Sawyer Smith entered the game for Wilson and threw a touchdown pass on his very first throw in a Kentucky uniform. He finished with two touchdown touchdown passes and the 38-17 win. So, today, I would just like to say that this podcast is a very, very good program that I enjoy doing. I just want to thank you all for um, listening. So recently I watched Avengers Endgame again. And I realized that this isn't that very good of a movie. I like it, but it's just not that very good of a Marvel movie. The ending is just so bleak and very... The events in the movie transpired from Infinity War and the twenty, the twenty-two movies that had come before it. Were it was a very good transition, but the ending about Captain America going back in time and spending with Peggy Carter, I did not like that. And Iron Man dying, I have no words for that. <clears throat> this is right here on the back. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone says, prepare to be wowed in a once-of-a-lifetime cinematic event. I highly encourage you to watch this. But they will not be issuing more Avengers movies during Marvel Stage 4 phase. So, that being said, that is all I have for today. Check back here tomorrow with a new episode. 
and I hope you all have a great day. God bless.